Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So before we had talked about some of the things that people sacrifice for success to get to where they are, you know, we always see like the end result of someone who accomplished X, Y, Z. And sometimes you don't always necessarily get to hear the backstory and what that really takes because obviously everyone would love to have a level of success, but there's things that you got to be willing to go through to achieve that. So I know a little bit ago, I had shared my story of things that had happened on my path, which took a lot of time. So we didn't get a chance to get into Rachel. So we're going to talk to Rachel today about kind of where she started and some sacrifices that she'd made and struggles to get to um, the level of success that she has had. So this yeah. will be fun. I feel like it's fun because I feel like with these listeners like know us, but when we talk about these, like they don't really know all this stuff. So this gets kind of like vulnerable and fun. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm just like, well, how much of it do I share? Because some of it's like <laughs> important, some's like not. And then there's like, you know, some filler stuff, but yeah, I'll just try to share it all because I think it's kind of fun and it's cool to hear somebody's story and even the things that like maybe I don't think are important apparently are, so I'm told. Yeah. Um, so we'll just go with it. So I ventured out into my entrepreneur career shift kind of thing about 13, almost 14 years ago. And that was after I had left my previous career at a retail drugstore chain. And it was um, a very young age. I was doing very, very well. And it was a big risk that I had to take to just kind of say, I'm done, you know, throw on the towel. So to backtrack, when I was Fresh out of high school, my mother told me that I needed to get a job and we moved to the city. So mm-hmm. I had to because <laughs> I had to live at home while I was right. going to school. And so there was a drugstore that was opening up four blocks from my house. And my mother said, you go there, like go, go get a job. So I went, I got the application, I had my interview and I do not remember much of the first interview, which is crazy because my boss at the time, he had such a Southern drawl. And I could not understand anything. So every time he left, I did. And then next day I knew the interview was over and he said some words and smiled again and shook my hand and I just walked out of there. I was very young and I was just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. So anyway, I got the call, got hired, and I started out as a photo technician. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, so I was developing rolls of film on digital or disposable cameras before digital. Not that that shows us how long ago this was. Yeah, this was my last week. <laughs> and, and it was a it was a really cool opportunity because I never worked in something like that. And so quickly after the store opened, there was a position that they were they were introducing as an internship. I didn't even know that existed. This was the first time they ever ran a business internship for the company, and I applied for it. And my boss thought I would do really well. So I did the 12-week program and was quickly advanced to management position. And I'm only at the store right now at this point, maybe six months. So I've already had like three positions in six months and had worked my way all the way up to management to executive assistant manager at that time in such a short time while I was going to school full-time. So I was balancing a full-time plus job because I became salary on top of my school, my academics, full-time as well. And at this time, the company was expanding. And so this was in Buffalo, New York. At this time, the company was expanding to open the market in Columbus, Ohio. And I was asked, do you want to come open the market? And I was not even 20 years old. And I said, Ohio? 
<laughs> there's nothing but cornfields and cows. <laughs> that was my exact words. And little did I know. I mean, right. But so I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And so it was the first time on my own. And I had advanced then at this point, executive assistant manager, and I wanted to become a store manager. And so by me going out there, open the door for opportunity because it was a whole new district, whole new chance to open everything up. So I moved out while I was still going to school full-time, transferred to Ohio State. And I moved out here. I started my life and I realized like it was not working out. I could not balance work full-time to get to the promotion I wanted to. And I could not attend to hold my academics up to my standards. So long story short on that part, I ended up having to go home back to Buffalo. So at that time, I finished school and got my degree and moved back to Columbus, Ohio to finish what I started a, a year or so before. And at that time, I was about to get promoted and I had no intention of staying in Ohio, none whatsoever. <laughs> and in walked the ice cream man <laughs> to serve He was the vendor and <laughs> I didn't know it. He was this first time taking over our um, the frozen food section in the freezer department. And long story short on that, that man became my husband. <laughs> Yay. I, I knew from the day I met him, I said, I'm going to marry the ice cream man. <laughs> so because of that, I have been in Ohio for all these years. And Ohio is my home. And it's not all cornfields and cows because this is such a developing city that every time you see a cornfield, it becomes like some plaza or some drugstore or something. Right. So it's crazy. But I had actually reached the top of my position at this point. And it was great while it lasted. But then it became so unfulfilling. There was no more room for me to grow. I felt stagnant in my potential. I didn't have a goal set to achieve. And that was just something the first of my like encounters of like, I'm, I'm addicted to growth. If I don't have something above me to work for or towards or, you know, the next thing, I'm capped. And I felt very limited and stunted. And it started to really take a toll on me, on my, my emotional and my mental and my physical. I started to actually get really, really sick. So it got to the point where I dreaded going to work. Like I would have these like play the what if games on the drive to work. Like what if this happened? What if that happened? Could I get a week off of work? Can I, you know, all these things. And so it's really a bad place to be in. So I was over it. Like I just had, I knew I had to quit because it was really toxic for me. and. When I looked at what I'd be giving up, which was like basically a lifetime of accolades and successes in careers, as well as a very nice salary, profit sharing, stock options, vacations banked, like a lot of them, personal days and sick days because I never took off work. I was a go-getter. So I outweighed this and I was like, this is a huge risk. I am walking away from a lot of money, a lot of security, a lot of everything I put in to work for a startup. And the startup said, we don't know what's going to happen, but I have an idea. Yeah. You know, are you willing to take this risk and jump on this idea and see where it goes? That's how bad it was. And I said, I had to walk away from everything that I worked for, for all these years to venture out into the startup business. That startup business was paying me half less of what I would have walked away with. And it was a huge pay cut. And for the very first time ever, I asked my boyfriend, we weren't married then, to support me. And I felt like my, my dignity, my independence, and just like everything that I worked for was stripped away. I had to rely on a boyfriend to yeah. take care of me when I was so driven to succeed and I'd capped out. So it's just, it's, you know, when I look at the risk and the fears and everything that held me back, 
It was the greatest, greatest moment and decision I ever made because on that other side of that fear. So what was locking me in was the security and the pay and the profit sharing, all the benefits, all the stuff. But on that other side was freedom. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going to happen with the startup. It could have flopped in a month. It could have flopped whatever. But I was so confident in my skills that I was a driver and an executor and I, you know, set out to accomplish something and I, I'll be damned to make this work. And if it doesn't, at least I know that I gave it my all. And I ended up uh, quitting that company and working for a startup for about three years until I started venturing out on my own. So it was in that three year gap, about two or three year gap is really that, that growing point of, I learned the skills I got confident in what I was doing as well and look now at risk to reward ratio. So I didn't really look at fear is that, oh, I can't tackle this or it's an opportunity that I won't be able to succeed because I look back at my track history and I know that I was capable of succeeding. So I know that for many of us, we just kind of get caught up in that security and fear and worry and doubt and all this stuff. But you don't know what's on that other side unless you take that step. And you have to be confident in your skill set and confident to know that no matter what, you never fail ever. You've survived this far and you'll never like, there's no way out. Like you, you know, you're going to succeed. And that was something that I had to instill in myself and it was a belief. And so here I am, you know, 13, 14 years later in this entrepreneurial space. And it was by far the best decision I've ever, ever made. Yeah. Like we just said that too, because like that security, like the whole like freedom isn't free kind of thing and taking that risk and that chance. But I think something that a lot of entrepreneurs have, I think, is the, that whole, like, you were going to do it. And I feel like people always think, like, what's the exit strategy or the backup plan or whatever? And you can have different streams of income. But I feel like as an entrepreneur, it's almost like, no matter how long it takes, like, you know, like, it's going to work because you have that confidence in yourself and that belief. Um, and I think that's why you see a lot of successful people, too. I have I don't remember what book I read it in, but I do, it's probably in multiple books too. But just talking about like, you can never take that skill set away from someone that's tangible, you know? So like you could take a billionaire right now and take all his money away, but he, you can't take away his skill that he's acquired and that know-how and that drive. Like he'll get it back, you know? Like, so even if this startup would have been awful, you would have been fine because you would have just figured shit out to make it work. So. percent. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I think we underestimate our, our abilities. I think we underestimate the talent and skills and gifts and all the things that we are equipped with. And I think we look towards others as that validation and security to you know, get us through that. So unless we're ready to step outside that comfort zone and really rely on the number one person you should be relying on, not my boyfriend, but yourself. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I mean, that's helpful. Monetarily, <laughs> monetarily, but that was also a driver because I said, mm, no, I'm independent. I will make sure I will work night and day to make sure so he doesn't have to support me. Like, this is just like a little thing, right? And uh, sure enough, I did. And that was just like, it was so important because I had to reclaim my, my independence. Like, I wanted to still feel strong and confident and, you know, prove that I can do great things. Right. And it's almost like, you know, we have to put ourselves in that have to make it happen space. You know what I mean? Where people hold on so tightly to that security sometimes. So if they did want to start a business or go succeed in something, in the back of their mind, they know like, oh, I have this. It's fine. So you don't really work that hard or you kind of have to work like your life depends on it, you know, in order to to get it to grow. So you kind of have to put yourself in a position where, well, 
if this fails, like I'm not going to eat for a while. And that, that kind of drives people or it scares the shit out of people and they'll never try. But there's the difference, you know, it's figuring that stuff out. And Right. And I think, you know, for us, like I said, we, we underestimate ourselves. It really is about the, you know, the being resourceful, you know, tapping into networks, tapping into skills or things that maybe you, you used to have before, maybe they weren't applicable because, you know, they, they got a little bit rusty at, at this time. So I think if, for any of us, if we look back at our skill set toolbox, we come fully equipped. Sometimes we just have yeah. to dust it off, you know, scrape off the rust, blow off the, the dust from, you know, a, a tool or whatever it may be. But we're all given the same advantage. We all have time and we all have a skill. It's unique to you. So we really have to tap into those qualities and those values that we have inside of us and use it to the best because they like said, we've never not survived, right? Because we're here today yeah. live. So this is yeah. giving proof that no matter what, if shit hits the fan, you will survive. So you have to give yourself that credit and believe that you have that confidence to make it through because you have this far and tomorrow will be too. Not, you know, assuming that we're, we're given this gift tomorrow that we open our eyes and we're here. But- yeah you know, take each day as it is. It's a gift and you are instilled with those gifts. So we have to apply those to what we're doing in our world. Yes. That's awesome. I love that story. Even though I know you, you talk about that in your book, this whole story too. Mm-hmm. So people can read all about it more in detail too, um, in your book. And then also to, um, just so we're clear, so people listening get the right idea too. So when you started, like you were three years in this startup and then started your own kind of thing just straight up, I guess you don't need to get a lot of detail, but you failed a few times in there. Things weren't always rosy and peachy and wonderful the whole time. So if you're listening, like that, don't expect that. Like there's rough patches. Yeah. I mean, even at the beginning during that startup, there was a lot of failure because it's like, again, startups, it's a lot of risk. It's a lot of trial and error. And we lost a lot of money as a startup and, you know, it wasn't my money, but it still affected me because it was, you know, how much work I was willing to work for that I would get the the reward. So, you know, monetary, yeah. like you get paid for your efforts. And then when we did the spinoff or I did the spinoff and I created my own companies, again, a lot of trial and error. Oh my gosh, because I didn't have the the knowledge and the resources then like the, you know, the tech talk or things like I didn't really have the skill sets. So I would outsource them. And if I didn't have the right language to communicate with that individual, they were just taking it at face value of whatever I was asking. So they would do X, Y, and Z, literally. And it was just money exchange and there was just, you know, flops and miscommunication and me not knowing people or me trusting other people, you know, a lot of money, a lot of money got wasted and lost. And that's the downside of being an entrepreneur is that your money's on the line. Like that's yours. Yeah. It just makes you want to work harder, get better, strengthen your communication skills, be a bit more know-how on this department that you need to outsource. Of course, you don't need to know everything to do it because otherwise you do it yourself, but you can't wear 37 hats in a day. (laughs) And it's just really being smart and wise about learning from those mistakes. So if I looked at it and said, wow, I just lost a ton of money. I should probably just call it place and go work for the drugstore again, where I was very unhappy. So for me personally, I looked at what's the biggest gain out of this? And that was flexibility and freedom. And I did not care at that point of how much I had to lose because on the other side was complete freedom. And that's why when I, when I looked at the, the way and the odds of, okay, I had the safety security net with all these awesome things at the drugstore, or I have zero, but I have time. I have freedom, I have flexibility, and I do get paid. Yeah. So, Imagine yeah. that. 
Right. And so I had to look at my means and my lifestyle. It's like, do I need all these other things? I can make do with a lesser lifestyle on a lesser budget because to me, I value freedom and flexibility more than I do money. Same. Yeah. It's good. Good stuff. And I like what you said too about like, like what I was going to say it too, but you said it, but like about losing money, how many people would get started, maybe lose money or not make money and then quit and be done where it's like, well, you didn't get in business to lose money. So stick it out and figure out how to make it at least make it back. So, well, cool. Well, that was good. I love hearing um, your story and hearing these stories too. And I think they're important for people to hear more often because some people might be like, oh, look, here's Rachel Brooks. She has this awesome life and everything's great, but you don't realize like it's good for a reason because you took those risks and you took those chances and persevered and worked through all this stuff and grew and kept developing as a person. And that's why you get to have these things versus somebody that's just wishing for success. You know, you got to go work for it. So I think you're a great example of all that and, and going through those challenges and then being able to share those with people who are maybe going through those same things too. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to relate to entrepreneurship. It could be anything really, if you look at the trade-off of of your happiness and what you really want in life. But I think that really comes to the defining of who you are and what your priorities and values are. So, I mean, not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. There's entrepreneurs and there's entrepreneurs. And if you want, want to want to be a preneur, (laughs) you know, you really have to, to have a heavy backbone kind of thing. I don't forget the name of it, but you're going to beating. Like the financially, you'll take a beating. You're going to take risks, which are, you know, you don't, there's no guarantee. And so when it's you on the front line, that's your business, that's your brand, that's your everything. And so your team, it rely, they rely on you. And so it's just really important to really, again, prioritize your values and what's important. And ultimately, like one of the game changers for me was really being grateful. Shifting my attitude to gratitude was instead of having that lack mentality of like, but I had all this money and it's never enough because of all the stuff I looked at as like a refinement of like, but I have flexible time, I have freedom and I don't need to have a lot of things because to me, I had enough, right? So when we shift that, we just make the shift. Did I have all the things? No, but I had enough. And that's all that mattered to me. Again, prioritize what you, what you need in life. And if you're on the fence of, you know, should I leave my nine to five or should I, you know, venture out? That's something only you can answer. I would not encourage you to unless you've had like, you know, all of your finances in a row and talk to your spouse and, you know, anybody that's there to support you because you can't do it alone. You do have to have support, whether it's, you know, your spouse or family or friends or somebody, but it's just really important to know that you have an end goal, that you're going to go in there blindly, but in the end, you know, you're going to do whatever it takes to, to survive. And the beginning of any career, like especially entrepreneur, it's ugly. It's messy and it is chaos. And there's days I just want to rip my hair out still to this day, but you persevere. And that's the important factor. Like I really want to gift everybody listening is that we all have these things in us and we have to do what it takes to persevere, to, to continue just showing up for ourselves because on that other side is where you continue to grow and learn. And that's where you get to be whoever you want to be. Yes. Beautifully said. Yeah. So I would love to hear comments in the, the community group or just reach out to me because I, I, I do want to have these conversations and I feel like they are really important because it's not about just, oh, go do it. No, you have to be smart and not everybody is cut out for that. I found out, you know, kind of trial and error. So, I mean, I love the game. So it is what it is. And that's something I enjoy playing. So I hope this yeah. uh, resonates with some people as well. So it's great. Thank you guys. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.